Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, Maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. What's your favorite color? Mm, blue. Squirrels or chipmunks? Ah, squirrels, yes. Favorite sandwich? Oh, I love a good Reuben. Do you shave your toes? Be honest. Jolenta, these are very good questions, but why? Why so many of them? <laughs> well, Kristen, it's our Ask Us Anything episode. Oh, of course it is. And a good thing because our listeners have many questions for us. And uh, dare I say, they go beyond squirrels and chipmunks. Interesting. Well, let's get to them then because I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. is right. It's time for another By the Book bonus episode. Those are our between seasons treat for your ears. And today, it's all about the most burning questions that you, our listeners, need answers to. And reminder, if a bonus episode every other week isn't enough for you, there are a couple ways to get more of us. Tell them, Jolanta. The first way is to listen to our other show, 
which is exclusively on Audible. It's called Romance Road Test. In each episode of Romance Road Test, Brad, Dean, Kristen, and myself try a questionable relationship enhancer on for size to see if it improves or destroys our marriages. (laughs) Again, that is Romance Road Test exclusively on Audible. Please check it out. We love that show. That show is our other baby, and we love it so much, and we think you'll love it too. And the second way to get more of us is by joining our amazing Patreon community. In exchange for a small donation, you receive a weekly affirmation mini-sode every Tuesday and the full written rules to a book we've lived by every Friday. You can join by going to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. That's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just follow the link in the episode description. All right. Okay. Let's get this Ask Us Anything episode started. Woohoo. Yeah. Love a good Ask Us Anything. Yes. All right. Our first question comes from Liz, who says, I'm really curious about the timeline for taping each season. I feel like in this season, it's been more obvious than in the past that you lived by the books months before the episode comes out, which got me wondering, do you finish living by books before you start releasing each new season? Do you immediately jump from book to book, which I guess would mean reading book two while living by book one? Do you put the episodes together soon after living by the book or close? or to the release date? Oh. Whoa, Liz, so many good questions. Yes, the secret to the sauce, how we make the sauce. Well, Liz, Jolent and I both coming from a production background, having worked on live daily news, uh, having done a wide variety of shows, we decided with Buy the Book, we never wanted to be making the show up to the last second We wanted there to be room in case one of us has to go to the doctor, in case one of us has a scheduling conflict. We wanted to have lots of wiggle room. So we always are producing the show two months ahead. So for example, if an episode comes out in March, that means we finished making that episode in January. So two months ahead at all times. So yeah, that's why you probably heard us talking about Thanksgiving when it was actually mid-January. Right, right, right. So do we finish living by books before we release each season? That means we sort of overlap a bit. We're usually recording the last few books of the season right as the season starts actually airing to you guys. Yes, yes. And are we overlapping books? Never. That would be crazy for our brains. So Jolenta and I, we read a book and then we live by it for two weeks and then we put that book away and then we read the next book and live by that for two weeks and so on. So yeah, each book is in and of itself its own part of our lives for two weeks at a time. We're never living by two books at once. Never, never, never. That would make my brain like melt and fall out my ear oh my God. or my nose. That would be so hard. Can you imagine trying to live by like atomic habits at the same time that you're like doing burnout? Trying to live by rules while deciphering new rules is too many rules. No, just too much. Yeah. Just too much. All right. Heidi has another question about how the show is made. Heidi wants to know, do you live the books in order of the episodes or do you end up switching up the order sometimes? Well, Heidi, we try to live by them in order. Mm -hmm. 
on occasion, we do end up switching things sometimes, usually because maybe a few books are like a little similar, or like if they both end up talking about the law of attraction and we didn't realize it and they're back to back, we might like move one further back in the season. But we do try to live by them in order unless something comes up while we're living by a book where we're like, we should maybe air these a bit differently. Yeah, yeah. And we do try our best to curate the books and put them in a certain order that we think is going to create the best flow for the season, maybe make sure that there's a funny one after a serious one and so on. And we always try to end the season on what we consider a high note or what we hope will be a high note. So a lot of thought goes into the process of just putting the lists of books together before we even live by them. Yeah. We try. We try to make an interesting season. Yes. This next question comes from Julie, who says, do you discuss how living by a certain book is going before you record an episode? Do you talk about it while you're living it? In the past, did you read the books first before you chose them? So, Julie, this is such a timely question because something came up on my timeline recently Mm -hmm. on Facebook, and it was a text back and forth between Jolenta, you and I, when we were living by French Women Don't Get Fat. And it just showed up in my feed. I'm like, oh my God, during that book, I was reaching out to you several times a day, every day, crying, freaking out, having meltdowns, in agony. So um, Julie, to answer your question, we normally try not to do that. But if I am freaking out a lot, apparently I have done this since like season one, if I'm freaking out, I will let Jolenta know. Mm-hmm. But other than those times, we mostly try not to talk about it too much, I would say. Kristen is a little strict about it yeah. <laughs> sometimes. As I like to always say, let's save the magic for the mic. Right. There will be times like when we have a meeting about something and someone will ask if we're living by a book and I'll be like, yeah, this one's like blah, blah, blah. And Kristen will be like, stop, stop. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Save it for the mic. And she's always better than I am because <laughs> You know, she's a rule follower, which brings me to my second point, which is like, we try not to be in touch too much, but Kristen, unlike myself, needs a bit more permission to like bend the rules of a book if they're making her insane, where I'll be like, I just stopped and I don't need to like reach out to anyone. But Kristen, I feel like needs a bit more permission to be like, dude, if it's driving you up a wall, it's okay. If it's making you cry every day, this isn't okay. (laughs) For the sake of yourself and myself and everyone around you, like, please. Yeah. I will confess that every once in a while, Jolenta, you and I, before we even hit the record button on our devices, when we're getting together for a recording remotely, like you're in your apartment, I'm in my apartment. And then we just start catching up with each other and like as good friends, like, hey, how you doing? And then it'll start to leak out accidentally. Yeah, it like seeps out. Yeah. And then our producers will be like, hey, guys. Let's just get going. <laughs> Let's just get going and 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 not hear that until we're actually recording the episode. So our producers, they also keep us from talking too much about things before we need to talk about things. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to this question from Sammy. Sammy says, would you consider doing a season with authors who aren't dripping with privilege, assuming enough titles like that actually exist? Yeah. That would be good. Do enough titles like that exist? I don't know. I feel like it's always so hard to tell because they always like let it slip late in a book that they're like, actually, like at Harvard, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wait, what? And even the ones who are writing rigs to riches stories, which are a lot of them, you're rich now, okay? So maybe you started out in rags, but now you're a multimillionaire 
that is privilege. Even if you didn't come from privilege, you're in a place of privilege right now. Right. But I mean, I say that about myself too. Like I, I sometimes forget about all my privileges because as you know, Jolenta, my economic background was not by any means privileged. Right. My racial background, my health background, and other in other ways, I considered myself not privileged at all. But then I have to remember it's like, oh, but now I absolutely am. If as a little kid I saw that lady, Kristen Meinzer, I would be like, that is a privileged lady. You'd be like, she's privileged. <laughs> yes. Like, Whoa, yes. what? Yeah. So the rags to riches stories people, the people who have enough connections that they actually have an agent and have a publishing house. Right. Being able to have an agent speaks to your privilege. Who has an agent? Very, very few people on this planet. Does becoming a published author in and of itself make you like automatically privileged? Yeah. I kind of think it does. <sighs> yeah. That was my mind being blown. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's move on to this question from Sasha, who says, any advice for people who want to try living by new rules but have trouble remembering to do so? I'm great at identifying rules I'd like to try living by, but then days will pass and I realize I've been stuck on autopilot. I'm a list person, Sasha. Right. Yeah, I love my Google list. Jalenta, you and I live by like Google Drive, Google Docs, Google everything. We we write back and forth on Google all the time. But I have a never-ending Google Doc I've had for years. I think I mentioned it on the show when we were living by getting things done. Right. I, I thought it's come up. Yeah. And it corresponds also with everything I have on my Google Calendar. So between my Google to-do list and my Google Calendar – I have things written in there every day that aren't just like, oh, touch base with Jolenta. Or like meeting at seven. Yeah, it's not just that, but it also includes things like call your sister or things that make my life better that maybe are a chore or maybe are a pleasure, but they actually help me to live a better life. They help me not to have 800 pounds of laundry piled up in, you know, the living room. They help me to stay in touch with people I love. And yeah, that to-do list is, it's what keeps me on track. But what about you, Jolenta? I know you have your bujo, of course. I was going to say, for me, it's a to-do list too. I just physically write it out in a bullet journal, but I write like a bulleted to-do list every day. And like when we're living by books, if they say to do like jumping jacks and affirmations in the morning, like every day, like the night before I write my to-do list, I, I don't just write like meeting with Kristen, recording session. I write like first thing in the morning, it's like five jumping jacks do the affirmations and I like cross it off after I do it. Plus it feels so good to cross things off that oh like my God, yes. to me writing it on like a bullet pointed list incentivizes me to like do it in a bit just so I can cross it off. But yeah, literally putting it in the same way I would put in like do laundry or wash dishes in that to-do list format. And sometimes I put things on my to-do list that I already did so I can cross it off and pat myself on the back. That's the secret. You can retroactively <laughs> add to the to-do list throughout the day and being like, actually, walk the dog an extra time. Boop, did it. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Who watered her plants? Yes, this girl right here watered her plants. She is a good plant parent. She talked to those plants and she watered them. Yeah. Pro tip, sometimes I'll just put like, take a shower on my list. Yes. Sometimes after I've taken a shower, just so I can feel like I've crossed something off. And it does give me like a teeny endorphin, even though I know like this is like sort of cheating. All righty. Let's get to this question from Emma. Emma says, 
How did you two manage to make Buy the Book and Romance Road Test at the same time? If I'm counting correctly, that means you were living by 16 relationship experiments and eight books in less than one calendar year. P.S. I love Romance Road Test so much, hearing more of your long-suffering husbands makes me so happy. (laughs) Emma, we just try to schedule it. We really tried to make it so we did Romance Road Test during the between seasons break of By the Book because living by many, many rules would be maddening. Also, luckily, Romance Road Test is much more a one day or like one weekend, maybe a five day long experiment. So it's easier to do a bunch of those like rapid fire without getting too burnt out, as opposed to living by a full book for two weeks and like doing a deep read and stuff. Yeah. And because each of the experiments we were living by did not come in the form of a 450-page book, that also gave us more time to do romance road tests. A lot of them were like hot articles (laughs) that went viral or like, you know. Yeah. Here's a questionable blog post. A quick list. Yeah. Yeah. Here's something on YouTube. Let's do this thing. Yeah. If we had done that, we would not have been able to do all of this. It would have been impossible for us because we would have collapsed from exhaustion. Right, right. All right. Jennifer has another Romance Road Test adjacent question. Thank you for making Romance Road Test. I feel like I know Brad and Dean so much better now. They're still great, but the show also reveals their less perfect sides. Speaking of which, how do you manage to put yourselves and your marriages out there for so much scrutiny without feeling constantly embarrassed. I don't host a podcast and still feel self-conscious most of the time. Oh, Jolenta, I feel like this is a question for you to answer because I feel like I learned a lot about being less self-conscious from watching you. (laughs) I learned it from you. Oh, wow. How do you put yourself out there for constant scrutiny without feeling embarrassed? Sometimes I do. But I feel like it's always for the best because I feel like I get to learn things about myself during these experiments and about my partnership during these experiments. And I get to learn about myself listening back, sometimes cringing. You're always learning something about yourself. You're always going to notice something new, even if it does make you self-conscious. So I guess I sort of power through and try to see like the light at the end of the tunnel, even when I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that episode of By the Book from season one. I sound like so weird. (laughs) I was going to say one other thing that I've learned from putting myself out there and putting my marriage out there on Romance Road Test and on By the Book, which is when I do it, it's not going to hurt me. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like in the end, it actually makes my life better. I think that there's a piece of all of us or most of us that are like, I could die of embarrassment. Like that's actually a term we use. Like I could die of embarrassment. But the fact is you're probably not going to die of embarrassment. And if anything, you might come off as a little bit more relatable and a little bit more human to somebody who needs to hear that or who could be a future friend. And I think that, you know, it's even come up in some self-help books we've lived by. I think it came up in Uh, how to win friends and influence people, to actually introduce yourself at a party and just admit like, hey, I'm kind of embarrassed because I don't know anybody in this room and I'm self-conscious right now. My name's Kristen. What's your name? You know, to actually admit what you're embarrassed about and put it out there front and center 
can be really charming for other people and it can be something that comforts other people. So I think that's really helped me too, is to realize putting myself out there actually can make my life better and maybe somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like just leaving yourself vulnerable to like shame and ridicule. Yeah. Which isn't to say we put everything out there. There are still parts of ourselves that are quietly, secretly, intimately our own. We don't feel like every raw, terrible thing in us has to be on display all the time. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You don't know everything about me. (laughs) You don't know exactly what's in my bedside table. (laughs) Or do I? Mm, Think about that (laughs) while we take a break. (laughs) But when we're back, we'll answer some questions that have nothing to do with buy the book. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back and we have more questions because this is the Ask Us Anything episode. And now's the time where we get to more of the anything. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Uh, First, we have a question from Nicole who says, I have a question for Kristen. Which is her favorite book in the Little House series and why? And for Jolenta, does Frank have any other clothes or just his winter jacket? Do you dress him up for Halloween or other holidays? I feel like he would look very sharp in a bow tie. Ooh. Kristen, you first. Little house books. Full disclosure, I am more into the TV show than the books. Yes, uh, we had the books in my house growing up. Yes, I read some of them. I don't really remember all of them very well. I, I, I remember little details here and there. I remember like making this candy that was just maple syrup in the snow yeah 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 that i remember you remember that too my mom and i read them all uh i can very easily say on the banks of plum creek 
is my favorite. Well, I liked that one too because that's mostly where the TV show takes place. That's where we meet Nellie Olson. Right. That's when she starts going to school. That's when it's like more like kid adventures and less like crazy hardships on the plane. Here's how you iron wet clothes that have been frozen on the line because it's 30 below zero all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I do remember bits and pieces of the books. And yeah, I do remember On the Banks of Plum Creek was the TV era. But full disclosure, I loved the TV show way more than the books. I thought the TV show went in crazy directions, oftentimes very upsetting and scary directions. I loved the actors. I had a huge crush on the actor who played Albert, uh, who was not, by the way, a real character in any of the books. I liked what Michael Landon, who directed and wrote most of the episodes, I loved what bits and pieces he chose to take from the books and what he chose just to, like, ignore. <laughs> um, and one thing that I really like on the TV show that actually was true of the real-life characters, I will say this, is that adoption was a huge part of all of their lives. And in the mm -hmm. final season of Little House on the Prairie, the TV show, there was a character brought on named Nancy, who was essentially like Nelly 2.0, which some people thought, oh, this show is just jumping the shark. They're just trying to make another Nelly. They're getting desperate. But true fact, there was a Nancy because the Olsons did in fact adopt a child later. And many, many people in this universe loved adopting people. That was just part of the era and part of the region of the country they lived in. When people died so much, you just had to take their kids in. Yeah, there was lots of adopting happening. So I, I also really liked that as a kid too, being adopted myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. But Jolenta, enough Little House on the Prairie. We need to talk about Frank's wardrobe. Frank has other clothes. He has his Burberry sweater, which is like a fake Burberry <laughs> sweater. He has sort of a nice like knit poncho looking sweater. He's got a rain jacket for when it rains. He's got a hoodie that matches a hoodie Brad has. He does dress up for Halloween. His favorite costume is quite easy. It's just a giant beanie baby tag and he goes as a beanie <laughs> baby. It tends to go over well and it's low maintenance. He has been a squirrel for Halloween. And he also has like a little wig I bought like at the beginning of COVID for Zoom calls because it looked really funny to put like a little wig on a dog. And he does have a bow tie for special occasions like birthdays. My favorite accessory of his isn't even clothes. It's just that liquor bottle that he always has in his mouth. He has, yeah, he has he has two bottle toys. One is like some dog rosé. I forget like how they, or it's like dog Perignon or something. <laughs> and the other is like Bark Daniels. And it's like a fake whiskey bottle. He's got all sorts of like fake people things. I'll I'll be sure to toss some pictures up on the old, ye old by the book pod Instagram. <laughs> all right. Here's a question from Whitney. Whitney says, I know Dean has abandoned Myers-Briggs types now because they're not scientific, but I'm dying to know what Myers-Briggs type Kristen, Jolenta, Dean, Brad, and Frank are, and Jolenta's mom too. I love that she's more of a character now that she lives there. Her and Jolenta playing with the toy horses cracked me up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know I used to test as an ENFP. What does that mean for people who don't know what that means? I don't even know anymore. I have to look <laughs> it up. 
Is that extrovert? It stands for extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and prospecting. What does prospecting mean? Don't even know. Like gold digging? I wish. You did live in San Francisco at one point. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Prospecting, like viewing your land. I don't know. (laughs) And I know Brad is an ENFJ where he's just judgy. He's more judgy at the end than I am. But we're both like big feelers and shit like that or something. Uh, Frank, I assume, is whatever, like, personality profile matches, like, spontaneous combustion. That's, like, what he is. (laughs) Do you know what you and Dean are? No idea? Any idea? All right. I am doing something a little zany now. I am looking in my phone to see Mm -hmm. if I can find Dean's Tinder profile, which was originally how we met because on Tinder, he listed what his type was on the Myers-Briggs. Oh, wait. I think I found Frank's. According to Quora, INTPs have unusual taste in everything. They often hold views that are unpopular opinions. So I think that's what Frank would be, an INTP, because he's always like on the wrong side of history. (laughs) All right. So I am looking up right now. Oh, yeah. What did Dean say? Dean's Tinder profile from when we first met. And sadly, I didn't save his Tinder profile. I only saved our back and forth messages to each other. Uh, I saved every back and forth message on Tinder when we first started dating. But I didn't save his Myers. Maybe I did that on purpose. Maybe I didn't want to remember that. You didn't want to know. That he put his Myers Briggs out there front and center. Because it's like, I love him. He's my husband. But he did used to believe in the Myers Briggs. I don't know. She's there. She's whatever type like doesn't like Myers Briggs. Yes. <laughs> That's what I am. You know, the type that's like, they reject this. Yes. I will say that I have had jobs in the past where, like my first full-time job when I was 18, they did as a team building activity. They had all of us do the Myers-Briggs. And it just really seemed like it was based on what your mood was that day. You know? Um, Mm -hmm. Some people took it really seriously and some people were like, oh, I feel extroverted because I was just at a party last night and I was having fun. Or somebody having a bad day is like, I'm definitely an introvert. And it's like, are you? I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's always changing. Yeah. Yeah. Because our moods change, right? Anywho, enough Myers-Briggs. Let's get to this question from Paslin. Paslin says, I have a question for Jolenta. I want to know more about your bujo, which we just mentioned earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your favorite layout? Do you lean more artistic or minimalist? When did you start your bullet journal? I love hearing about other people's bullet journals, and it always brings me a smile when you talk about pulling your bujo out for the show. Well, wow. Thanks for all the bujo questions. I feel so blessed. Um, (laughs) My bullet journal. I tend to lean minimalist with like a hint of like a color scheme, but mostly minimalist. Like I I get too wild with my hand lettering. I take up too much space with my hand lettering. So I end up just going minimalistic so I can actually like write down things I need to read. When did I start? I started around probably right around right before by the book started, right around then. So what, 20, end of 2016? Something like that. It's been a while. (laughs) It was before the show though. Yeah, I remember you had that before the show. I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, and what layouts do I like? I tend to do like 
a one-page monthly overview for the month that I can refer back to. And then I do like weekly overviews where I try to do like a whole week on a page. And I try to keep my to-do list like pretty short with like the tasks I have to do and like a few like walk the dog, groceries, shower type things added on. And that's about it. Nice and simple. And I know you get a lot of pleasure out of doing it, Jolenta. Yeah, it's just so fun. Yeah. Melanie has this question for Kristen. Melanie says, with Dean being a Kiwi, what's your experience been of differences and similarities between American slash Minnesotan culture and New Zealand culture? Vice versa for Dean as well. So I think it came up in season one when we were living by the memory book that there are some language differences that come up from time to time between me and Dean. For example, in his family on the South Island of New Zealand, they say tea. And what they really mean is what I would call the final meal of the day, I guess, supper or dinner. Yeah. So when I was growing up, tea was this thing in the afternoon. Like my Nana would put on the kettle and we would have tea. Right. Sort of like a snack between lunch and dinner, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'd have an oatmeal cookie and a cup of Nana's favorite, which was apple cinnamon herbal tea. So that was what tea was in my house growing up. But I realized pretty early on that I totally misinterpreted what tea meant. And tea actually In his family, it's a full sit-down meal. It's like the final meal of the day. Yeah. And I realized his family was misunderstanding me because I often said supper. And supper to them means a very light snack at the end of the day, like a bedtime snack. And Uh, I remember at one point— So it's like a a quick nosh. (laughs) Yeah. Like one member of his family was like, Kristen, some of us like to eat and we don't want just supper all the time, okay? Some of us actually want a proper sit-down tea. And there was like just this moment of like, oh, they think I don't like to eat. I love to eat. And when they're talking about tea, I'm getting confused. But supper, um, if I'm not mistaken, supper is the French word for final meal of the day and dinner is the English word for largest meal of the day. So depending on what region of the world you're in, you know. I I had these relatives who lived on a farm in Nebraska, and for them, dinner was the middle meal of the day, but it was the largest. It was a huge meal, like at 12 noon every day, and supper for them was the last meal of the day. But, you know, it's all different. So tea, dinner, supper, that's just one of many language difference examples that have cropped up between me and Dean and his family. (laughs) And uh, now I like tea. Now I'm like, yes, give me that tea. I'll have six plates of that tea. Give me yeah, give me it give all. Give me a heaping pile of tea. <laughs> all right. Jennifer is this question for you, Jolenta. Jolenta, would you mind updating us on things with your father? I completely understand if you don't want to answer this question. The last I remember hearing was he was being taken advantage of by a woman and had no contact with you. I do hope things may have improved. Well, Jennifer, things are the same. Weirdly, I haven't been in contact with him forever. It was my birthday not too long ago, and he did call to wish me a happy birthday, but then say, like, he's still mad and hurt by the fact that, like, I am not pleased with how he, like, weirdly demolished his family and then, like, got a secret girlfriend who has a court-reported history of, like, scamming older dudes. 
So it was sort of a wash where I'm like, whoa, he reached out to do a father thing, like say happy birthday to his kid, but then had to like, you know, top the little cherry on top of like, but like you still have to make this right to me, made me go like, we're, we're right where we started. So nothing has changed. I assume when or if he runs out of money, things will change. And uh, I'll let y'all know because I'm sure it'll be dramatic. And I love talking about my life. So I'm sorry, Jolenta. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, at this point, I'm like kind of used to it. So like, hey, what can you do? Uh, Kristen, let's move on. This question is from Kirsten. (laughs) My arch nemesis. Not true. You're you're not. You're not. <laughs> uh, Kirsten says, in the Ikigai episode, Kristen talked about her rigorous work schedule. I'm wondering what tools she uses to track projects, organize her time, or otherwise stay on top of everything. Very good question. Well, as previously mentioned, I am really, really, really devoted to my Google Calendar and my to-do list. I am also very, very devoted to getting things on the calendar weeks, if not months, in advance. Like, right now, we have things on the calendar that we planned more than two months ago for Buy the Book and for my other shows. As soon as possible, as soon as a contract is signed, as soon as a season is renewed, whatever it is, I'm like, we are getting these dates on the calendar right now. We are not waiting to the last minute, even if it's just a placeholder that, like, on Tuesdays, sometime between 10 a.m. and noon, we record something And maybe we end up recording only from 10 to 10.30 or whatnot, but I block off that time as soon as I can for every show that I work on. And I also try to plan different shows to take place during different times of year. So, for example, my show I do for the New York Times, Innovation Uncovered, is never taping at the same time as my show for Slate, which is called The Relentless. Those are on different timelines. And Jolenta, as you know, when we were doing Romance Road Test, we were doing that between two seasons of By the Book. So I try to, you know, make sure that not too many things are overlapping all at once. I work on everything all the time, meaning like I'm still doing research, I'm still writing scripts, I'm still reading this or that. But as far as the nitty gritty, uh, most labor intensive stuff, I try not to do all of those things at the same time. I try not to. Yeah, yeah. Try to stagger it. But I'll also say this. The more I have to do, the more I end up doing. Because when I have all the time in the world, I just don't do anything. Like right now, Jalenta, you and I are kind of between seasons. So for the most part, I'm like, oh, I'm taking more walks. I'm reading more leisure books. I'm, I'll, I'll look up at the clock and I'll be like, oh, my God, I didn't do very much today. I only did four hours of work today. And why did I only do four hours of work? Because it's like, oh, the work that I can do anytime, I kind of just don't do it all or I only do for half a day sometimes. So I I do get breaks. I don't want to make it sound like I work around the clock every day. But if I have a lot to do, I get more done. I I never let anything fall by the wayside if I have a lot to do. Um, I do let things fall by the wayside if I don't have much to do. Yeah. It's it's harder to go like in and out of work mode than it is to just be like in it and bang it out like and like stay in it. Yes. Like it's harder to like make that switch, I find. Yes. Yes. All right. Here is a more serious question for you, Jolenta. It's from Katie. Katie says, I was recently diagnosed with endometriosis after more than two decades of complaining about my symptoms. I have so many questions, Jolenta. 
How do you keep your faith in the medical community? How do you get the gusto to take your medications when they make you feel like garbage? What are your tips for living with a chronic illness? Whoa, whoa. Lots of good questions. I'm going to take the last one first. The only tip I've really have for living with a chronic illness, and it sucks because it's like more to take on, but it's basically treating my chronic illness like a little part-time job. Like there's time I have to devote to like emailing doctors, keeping on top of medication and like refills, all that boring, like almost like admin work for myself and my body. And if I'm taking my methotrexate, making sure I schedule out like blocks of time to rest and stuff. So it's annoying because it's like a very unfair part-time job you like did not apply for. But like, (laughs) that's my tip for living with a chronic illness thus far. I haven't been doing it that long either. Um, How do I take my medication, even when I know it's going to make me feel like crap? I try to look at it like a science experiment in my body. (laughs) I try to stay almost fascinated by the fact that, like, I can do this, you know, big shot of methotrexate and watch myself sort of get sick from it and, like, watch it sort of, like, cycle out of my system and feel better at the end of the week. And it's like... I try to just sort of stay interested in the process and try to note how things are improving overall with my illness. Like, overall, I'm healthier. Like, there aren't, like, giant holes in my face. Like, my hair is not falling out. You know, stuff like that. So I try to, like, treat it like an experiment and note, like, the positive effects as much as I can. And for the most part, like at least with my condition, it reacts so quickly and differently to different medications. It's been kind of easy to focus on that. It might be harder with endometriosis. Each illness is different. Each person who has an illness is different. Um, How do I keep my faith in the medical community? Uh, That's a tough one. I've been (laughs) lucky. I got really lucky that I just got like randomly referred to a rheumatologist that I really vibed with. And like, she's very, very good. And like, through her recommendations, I've found other doctors. So like, if you have one doctor that you feel like really gets you Really try to get their recommendations for, like, every specialist, even if it's another specialist. Just, you know, if you love your allergist, be like, hey, do you know any neurologists or, like, you know, hematologists you like? Like, just people you vibe with tend to know other people you might vibe with. And the other thing I've really had to shift when it comes to dealing with doctors is sort of reframing the first visit. The first visit is now for me much more of sort of like a job interview. Like, do we get along? How do I like their approach? How do I like how their offices run? How do I like how they asked me questions or talked at me or listened or all of those things? along with what is the advice they're giving and everything. Because your first visit isn't necessarily the visit that's going to like change everything or give you those answers. It might just be your first visit to like one of many of like the same kind of doctor because you didn't really like how they ran their office or like, you know, it took them two hours to see you and you don't want to have to deal with that again. Or they didn't listen well, you know, so you have to really treat that first visit as more of a vetting process and information gathering than just a like information gathering and like, like official sign up to be their patient. 
There you go. That's all my advice I've ever had. (laughs) So to recap, a lot of it is advocating for yourself, reframing, asking questions, and seeing things as a process that you can participate in to help make yourself better. That's what I'm hearing as your friend. Yes, yes. Good recap. Very well put. (laughs) Nice. Very nice, Jolenta. This next question is from Jessica. And Jessica says, Kristen, I've recently been wondering, when you appear on Pop Culture Happy Hour, you are always introduced as the co-host of Movie Therapy. Is there a reason that pod is mentioned and not by the book? Ah, good question, Jessica. So uh, every show that I am on, I'm on about, last year I made over 100 appearances on other shows. And when I'm on other shows, they take what is relevant from my resume and introduce me thusly. So for example, when I'm on the BBC or LBC radio in the UK, it's almost always to talk about the royals. So they'll say, Kristen Meinzer, co-host of Newsweek's Royal Report. When I am on Pop Culture Happy Hour, it almost always is because I'm talking about movies or TV. And so they introduced me as the co-host of Movie Therapy. Some shows choose not to do that. They choose to just say the show that um, the producers are the biggest fans of or the hosts are the biggest fans of. Right. Something they think people will know the most. Yes. I would assume Pop Culture Happy Hour just likes that it's movie in the title and they say you're a, a critic. So like, perfect. Movie therapy. She's a critic. Now here we're talking about pop culture and movies. Yeah. And every show is different. And sometimes I switch it up with them. You know, some shows that I'm on pretty regularly, I'm like, you know what? From now on, introduce me as the co-host to buy the book instead. So it's not set in stone. It doesn't have to be that way forever. But more often than not, they really just want the show that is most relevant to their show or their conversation that day. So, yeah, that's why they do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to this question from Carla. Carla says, Outside of the world of comedy, writing, and podcasts, what you all are already so successful at, what would be your dream project to work on? Oh, that is tough. Can I tell you my dream project for you, Jolenta? Whoa. I, I have two dream projects for you. Whoa. One of my dreams is that you actually are a star on a reality show at some point. Oh, Jesus. Yes. That is one of my dreams for you. And the other is that at some point or another, you have a reality show recap podcast or something along mm. those lines. But, Someday. oh, no, that's not answering Carla's question because that's still podcasting. Ugh. Yeah, wait. Carla. Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, let's just what, – what's a dream project? Yeah. That, that, that would be my dream project. Those would be my two dream projects for you, Jolenta. Amazing. I want you, Kristen, to do something where you're able to bring your love of like broadcasting in some way and house shows. Oh, I, yes. I, Kristen is such a real estate maven, and it is just such an untapped Kristen market that we are missing out on, (laughs) (laughs) which is her real estate knowledge and just like her design eye and stuff. And I would love to see like Kristen flipping houses or like convincing people to like own properties or something. I don't know. I just want to see you doing something where you're like a personality with real estate. So Chip and Joanna Gaines, if you're listening right now, Jolent is talking to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. bring me on your show. Yeah. Property Brothers, Flip or Flop, 
Any of you. Yeah. Let's branch out like, what is it? Magnolia, Brooklyn or whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Bring me on with you guys. I will be in a throuple with you if you're into it. I'll do it. Amazing. Yeah. Those are our dreams for each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are going to take one more quick break. But when we come back, we'll answer a couple wackier questions. And you won't believe this. We are going to announce the debut book of season 10. So stay with us. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a this summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. are back with this bonus episode of Buy the Book, this Ask Us Anything bonus episode. And uh, just a couple of questions to end this episode on, some wacky ones. Anna wants to know, if you could play any role in a stage play or musical, what would it be? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. I mean, part of me wants to say like Mama Rose from Gypsy. Oh, yes, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Someday I want to be like, Mama's coming. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, like just I want like a, a middle to late in life, like female ballad. Nice. I'm into it. Wow. 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 What about you? Do you have a preference? Oh, man. I'm not really a stage player musical person, but I would love it if I could sing. I'm a lousy singer, but if I got to be in some musical where I had a show-stopping number, oh, that would be so fun. And I'm not sure yeah. what that show-stopping number would be. 14-year-old Kristen would say, you absolutely have to be a Benin in Les Miserables because that Whoa. is your whole identity. You are forlorn. You are overlooked. You are... You are brokenhearted, and nobody sees how much love you have to give. That's who I would have wanted to be at 14. Wow, that tracks. I bet you could give a really meaningful performance of that. Oh, God. If you sang. <laughs> if I could sing. If I could sing. That's what 14-year-old me would choose. Uh, you could bring all the like guts and heart to it. I could totally see that happening. I feel like modern day Kristen would like star in Annie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, Miss Hannigan would be a dream role. Oh, Speaking yes. of. Yes. Okay. Miss Hannigan. That is good. Yeah. I, I could dance. I could sing. I could be a little gruff. You get to play drunk. Like, yes. I'm yeah. into it. I love this idea. I love this idea, Jolenta. And full disclosure, I know a lot of people think Annie is all froth and hard knock life, you know, all that stuff. But. I've seen it on stage a few times, and I've cried mm. every time. It is heartbreaking. Oh, no way. I've never seen it on stage, but it always pulls at my heart. Oh, my gosh. 
well, it takes place during the Great Depression and you see people on food lines and you see. Right. I was like, it's such an intense period of time. And there are children who are being abused. And it's it's actually, even though it's super fun and kids love it, the stage play itself is like agonizing in many parts. Um, Right, right. So, yeah, I'll be in that. Oh, my gosh. There we go. (laughs) All right. Our last question comes from Tully. I hope I'm saying your name right. Want to co-star in my buddy dramedy film I'm writing? Oh, yeah. Jolenta, let's do it. Obviously, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tully, tell us more. What is this dramedy buddy film? Is Jolenta the person who's a loose cannon? Am I the person (gasps) who always does things by the rules? Do we have to unite in an undercover situation? I don't know. I, I just made all that up. No one's ever done that before. It, it, it's no a whole one. new scenario. No one. No one. <laughs> this is a brand new story formula Christian just came up with. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be tough as nails, but underneath I'm going to have a heart of gold. Yeah, I think we'll be able to find common ground somehow. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that was a long way of saying, of course, uh, you can find us at Christian and Jolenta at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. Reach out to us, Tully. Tell us more about this film. Mm -hmm. Well, huge, huge thank you to everybody who wrote in for this very special episode. We so appreciate it. You wrote to us on Instagram. You reached out to us on Twitter. You used that Facebook community. You emailed us. You used all the ways, and we so appreciate it. We love you all. And now, Kristen, you know what time it is? It is that time. (gasps) Hammer time. time. No, 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 no. The time when we (laughs) announced the first book of season 10. Oh, my God, that's even better mm-hmm. than Hammer Time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Woohoo! It's book time. Yes. Our next book is... Steal Like an Artist. Ten Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative by Austin Kleon. But what if I prefer to steal like a podcaster? What if I just want to steal like a simple old robber? <laughs> But are robbers really that creative, Jolenta? Come on. Mm, That's a good point. Uh, Listen in two weeks to find out how this goes. That's it for the Ask Us Anything episode of season nine. Yes, 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 yes. Huge thanks, of course, to our amazing production team at Stitcher. Corinne Wallace, Chantel Holder, Marcus Hom. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. And please stay in touch with us. We're always taking more questions. We love when you ask us anything. We also love when you suggest books. As I said earlier, kristinandjolenta at gmail.com is our email address. You can find us on Twitter at ByTheBookPod, Instagram at ByTheBookPod, and even individually, we're at Jolenta underscore G and at K. 10 Mindser on Instagram. Lots of fun pics. If you have not yet done so already, please take a second to rate and review us in your podcast app. It helps other people to find the show. It also just fills our hearts and eyes with stars, and we love stars. Mm-hmm. If you ever had a question about, do we like reviews? The answer is yes. Yes, yes. And of course, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Mindser. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.
Stitcher. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.